0: And welcome, everybody, to My Independent Report. It is near the end of 2001, and thank goodness we're getting rid of that one. Hope, we're hoping that 2002 is going to be a lot better for everybody today. Um, I've got a wonderful guest that I wanted, I have wanted to talk to for a little while. She's got a book out. It's called Silent Freedom. And uh, if you want to follow along, you can go to www.silentfreedom.com. 101st.com this is 101 first or yeah the, the com. you can follow along by going there and we're talking to aria um, franklin young lady how are you today
1: hi kevin i'm fine how are you
0: i'm really really good thank you although um for those people that are going to be listening online, it is still like 25 degrees here uh, in Seattle where I live. But that's, 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 you know, that's, that's life. We, it's nothing, absolutely nothing compared to what you went through uh, when you were in on tour in Iraq. uh, um, And she has written the book uh, silent freedom based upon her experiences while she was with the storied, and I mean, famously storied, one hundred one, or the the the, the Airborne, one hundred one Airborne, uh, which was in World War Two. They fought in in uh, um, on D Day. They they dropped behind the enemy lines on D Day. Um, they had horrific casualties in World War Two, um, but they were the brave of the brave. And the one hundred first Airborne is is one of the the. Uh, Military units that we all hold in very high esteem, and we're very proud of what they did, and and we're very proud of what you did. First of all, thank you for your service, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Thanks again. Thanks it, for having
0: me. Oh, you you are so welcome. The first thing I got to ask you is that you, know, you went through a lot of experiences. What motivated you to write a book about it?
1: Oh. Yes, that's a great question, Kevin. What motivated me to write the book is that uh, I'm so proud to be with a hun- uh, to be a with the 101st Airborne Division Air Assault and the deployment in Iraq. Just like you said, um, they claim that they don't have history and they have a rendezvous with destiny. That was our motto, <laughs> ah. and they call us the Screaming Eagles. Um, and um, I better t- not touch my uh, mouse. I'm sorry about that. No,
0: you're
1: um, good. Okay. And the one motivated me is um, well, first of all, my son. Um, also, uh, my fellow um, uh, soldiers, men and women who deployed to Iraq, and um, my relatives, my friends, and somebody from work that. Um, I've been talking to Dr. Williams. She advised me to, to publish this book. I have been holding on to it since <laughs> we came back from Iraq. And it's time to let the whole world know Araya, what you've been through, what you have seen. And it would be great to share what you have experienced with 101st. That's what, I, that's what happened.
0: And you were in Iraq. How long were you in Iraq for? I know you served at least a year.
1: Actually, I was in Iraq for four years. Oh my gosh! Four tours, and Kevin, I almost became an Iraqi citizen. I was just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were there. You were there long enough. Oh, you were there long I was enough. there Long
1: enough. And uh, so- yeah, uh, I hope that people <laughs> they don't you don't mind if I say I really had a good time in Iraq.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you you had a good time because there were lots of bad times. I, there I, would are guess, of that time. I would guess now you were in Mosul and you were in Crete and you were in Baghdad. And for those of you that need a little history lesson, uh, to Crete is where uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, that was his hometown, a little um, town in the desert. And Mosul was the hotbed of insurgent activity for a number of years in Iraq after, after of course, we declared victory uh, on that uh, battleship that uh, President Bush went to and said, uh, oh, "You know, we we're, we've won," and that was just the beginning of of a lot of. And uh, it was it was it was very hard. Now you now I I'm curious. You said you had a good time in Iraq. Uh, define what a good time is for you.
1: <laughs> yes, um, a good time. I can define a good time as oh my gosh, Kevin. They fed us. That's one thing for sure. <laughs> they fed us well. We have a steak and lobster. And oh, wow. oh my God. Um, uh, well, it was hard the first time, the first year, of course, right? Uh, everything was, you know, we didn't have running water. We didn't have good food. We depended mostly on the MREs, meals ready to eat. Yeah,
0: I've heard about those.
1: By the way, I don't know.
0: I've never been in the military. I was when when I I came of age, it was 1975. We were just getting out of Vietnam and nobody wanted to talk to anybody that was in the military at that time. Um, so what so I never experienced an MRE or MIR or MRE. What is a um, um, ready to eat meal? What is it? What's in it?
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dry food. Well, um, good things like uh, the spaghetti, for example, I, the it was my favorite. It's uh it's packed, um, and um they they provided us a heating a heating pad to cook it for about I forgot how many minutes probably uh, um I don't know uh, five minutes I have to look at it again, and then, you know it. It filled our tummy. It filled me. And uh, also we have cookies. We have uh, punch uh, came with it. And it is really, it filled us. We have one hot meal a day uh, during that time. And so, yeah, yeah. And so when they built the first dining facility, like, oh, wow, it's got. Uh, it's a facility sent from above they really start spoiling us with different uh kinds of good food Uh, oh my god sinful desserts ice cream of all flavors (laughs) oh um that's one thing i enjoyed that's why
0: well i'm glad glad. now when you first went there you told me that you were intense um until until they had the uh uh, facilities bring, for lack of a better term, a small mobile home kind of thing uh, that they would just put down, and you guys stayed in. So you were intense with the bugs and the scorpions, and and tell me about that.
1: Oh, sure. Um, can we start how I got to Mosul, Kevin? Sure. Okay. Uh, actually, um, I deployed in the middle of my divorce with my. Love with my husband for um, 20 years, and I was living um, young, sunburned. And I was so I'm, I was older, so I had to comply, I had to go. And then we deployed, we went to we were staged in Kuwait, and then we went to Iraq, Camp dairy Um. Do you have did you hear about? Private Lynch? Yes. Okay. Uh, We were in that area, Nasiriyah, 10 minutes away where she was kept. And um, I I served in a big hospital there. It was a critical mission, so I had to stay behind. And my unit deployed to northern Iraq, a city called Mosul, Uh, Popularly known as where one of the biblical prophets, Jonah, was buried. And Mosul became a hotbed of insurgency. So I was left behind in Kemidari. And um, after the hospital, I I was a casualty as an officer. And it was so hard. I was the the link between. you know, between the hospital and the 101st, I had to report everything up to the higher headquarters, Department of the Defense, Department of the Army. It was a critical mission. So I was there, and uh, after the mission was completed, I called my commanding officer, and I asked him, uh, what should I do now? And he advised me two things. He said, you can either redeploy with the." six Combat Support Hospital, or you can rejoin us. The first one is very possible, but the second option would be impossible, and it would take a miracle to rejoin us because of the war. I was only a ground assault convoy, a ground convoy to get there. It was impossible. And this was like, it was hard for a woman like me to be at war because I talked to every unit. Every single unit going to the northern part of Iraq, but nobody took me and uh, nobody wanted to be responsible of me. So I ended up going back to my tenant crying and uh, it's called silent freedom because I held to my faith. I really wanted to rejoin my unit in Mosul. And you know what, Kevin? Miracles happened, you know, all at the same time. One morning, we were getting ready to tear down the the hospital tent. And one day, my fellow soldier and I manned the tent, and we were on the the desk. And uh, (laughs) this pilot came in and said, I am here to pick up a litter patient. He said, oh, um, we don't have that. Little patient to be picked up. So my so fellow soldier and I look at each other like, "Oh, um, is this a bad joke or something?" And <laughs> we look at each other like, "Ah, uh, I'm sorry, but we don't have a little patient or any kind of patient to be picked up." You know, today we were tearing down. And then he looked at me, and then I look at him, and my screaming, my silent freedom was screaming to the helm. I said, "But I want to be a passenger." And so he said, oh. then he, you know, he took his um, sunglasses off. I remember his smile and he said, then pack up and I will meet you at the helipad in 20 minutes. I called him my Saint Michael, the archangel. I thought God sent me Saint Michael on that day to give me a ride to Mosul and rejoin my unit. Hallelujah. I was really very happy. And I went back to my, after saying goodbye to my fellow soldier, I went back to my tent crying. And I shoved everything, all my uniforms in my duffel bag cabin. And everything that uh, did not get contained in my duffel bag, I have to shove them in the trash bags just to get out of there. And the second miracle happened was um, when I sat, uh-uh. I am not sure. I wasn't sure if I'll be able to make it in 20 minutes to the helipad. I had all these bags and my plus my rifle and everything. And I needed a gator. A gator is just like a golf cart. Sure. And then and then you know what a soldier my fellow soldier showed up with a gator. Like, oh my god. And he <laughs> helped me you know with my things and drove me to the gator and i we made it in 20 minutes this soldier was the same soldier and i remember his name staff sergeant figueroa he was my hero he saved me from the street dogs iraqi dogs one time when i was running i was doing my physical training exercise it was um, he he saved me with the gator and you know this i could have died because of dog bites instead of gunfights, 24, 24 fangs ready to attack me on that day. What? Wow, wow, that was scary. Like I froze. So anyway, it was the same soldier who helped me, who took me to the helipad and I met St. Michael there. So uh, I said goodbye to that hero. And I told him, we told each other, we will see on the other side. This is the United States. And so St. Michael in his block, in his block hawk, uh, he flew me over and we went through turbulence, of course. And I was not worried. It was St. Michael piloting in the cockpit. So what should I be worried about? So, and then he, we landed on Baghdad and I was, and then I we said goodbye, and I looked up until he was gone, like, oh, my God, is this really real? Is this real? And then I proceeded and looked for a place where I could uh, hit, uh, hit to right, uh, have a ride to Mosul. And then God sent me this first soldier wearing, the first one I saw wearing a hundred and first combat hatch, a screaming eagle. So oh, cool. I, I was very happy. And I. So, uh, he he's the IT guy in my unit with the 101st Airborne Division.
0: So he took you the rest of the way to, the, to your unit?
1: Uh, what he did, uh, not really, he, what he did though, is he added me to the manifest to take a Chinook. You know what Chinook is? Uh, a yeah. helicopter with two blades. Oh, okay. Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then this Chinook was supposed to pick up an engine tank on the way to Mosul. My final destination. I said, I will take anything. I will take anything. At that point in my life, I said, I will take anything. So, you know, he added me to the manifest. He was a soldier also like me. Like, yeah, he, he was separated from our unit. And, um. To and that was his mission. So I went uh, I boarded the Chinook. Uh, there were other passengers. And um, the Chinook we waited for the tank engine who never showed up. And then <laughs> we went to Mosul. I landed in Mosul and oh, and then I took all my gears. And then took my uh put this the sling and my chest my weapon sling and then i went inside our headquarters and i felt like i felt at home because everybody was wearing the same combat patch i was wearing and then i was i looked for my commander my commanding officer and my first sergeant i found him and said and he was so surprised to see me he said he, he thought, he said, I never expect you to, you to make it, but I know you're a brave soldier. It would take a miracle to get here. And we shared the same faith. He was also Catholic like me. And I told him, that's exactly what happened. I said, So he stepped back and I said, oh, my God, you know, you really did. You're here. Yes, I'm here. I made it. And so we hugged each other. <laughs> my commanding officer and my first sergeant also was so happy. And he he bragged about me to our fellow soldiers. And she's back. She's here. She made it. you know. And uh, we were so happy. Then after that introduction, then my first sergeant showed me my tent uh, infested <laughs> with the uh, scorpions and other calling insects. And uh, he showed me the shower tent. There was no running water, but I told him, Kevin, it doesn't matter. I will survive. We will make it, and we will make it. And that I just, you know, motivated my uh, my fellow soldiers, my soldiers, everybody. Like, this is nothing. You know, this is nothing. We can get through this, except of course for the for those rpgs grenades that they you know throw at us Uh, that was very difficult
0: what made you want to go and i know that it was your unit and you felt comfortable with them but but you know um was a a hotbed of of problems and and ieds and 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 people trying to take your life all the time what because that's a very brave thing for you to do i would have stayed with the hospital myself yeah. myself but uh and uh and tried to get to the states by the way i wanted to ask you because how how old were you when you enlisted
1: oh i was
0: 31 <laughs> then, oh, no. i was
1: not young enough but
0: no but when i was you? very
1: proud actually i really did um so much and um I uh, maximized all my tricycle training fitness test over young soldiers who were like eighteen, twenty, twenty-four. Good for you. Know. you. So, Good for you. Oh my gosh.
0: So so what 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 motivated you to join in the first place?
1: Um it must be the courage that was inside me. My father was a strict disciplinarian, and uh, when I came to the United States, I was married to, um, I was married at that time. Yeah, I found my, I would say, soul. Um, We were pen pals. I was a college instructor in uh, the University of Luzon. And uh we met uh, through my fellow instructors, so we wrote each other and actually hid his first letter love letter to me in my foot locker. <laughs> and so uh, he decided to um you know to see me. He went he came, I'm from the Philippines originally, yeah and uh, he came to the Philippines and uh, we talked and he proposed and accepted we had a grand wedding. And then he took me to the United States, and my parents, of course, were crying. Yeah. And I was the youngest. I'm the youngest, and also I was crying. But I, I don't know. I was very brave at that time. And, uh, yeah, so. You embarked so,
0: upon a whole brand-new life in a whole brand-new country that you'd never been in before. And yes. uh, and your husband, your new husband, took you there. And yes. then uh, and then you joined, and you ended up, uh, did you know – Did you join before um, the Iraq War started?
1: I joined before the Iraq War started. You're right. Uh, I joined. uh, I was already in the Army, you know, before the 9-11 took place. Oh, so you were already there
0: before 9-11 even.
1: Yes. I was actually in Wisconsin, in Fort Wisconsin, uh, we were training the reserve national uh, guards army in the remote places and uh so um i was uh, my office was downstairs and this operation sergeant who were working the upstairs he went downstairs and took i uh, said oh, yeah franklin we they called us by last names you know right. said, Come on, uh the Pentagon is on fire i said what you know, unbelievable! How could Pentagon get be on fire? It's Pentagon, you know, it's well secure facility, and everybody, everything. And so I went upstairs, and oh my gosh! Just in time, we saw the plane hitting the second tower, and we saw people jumping from the buildings, and the billowing smoke. as a oh my goodness! You know, how could this be happening? And then we realized that we were under terrorist attack. And then after that event, and then it caused multiple deployments of different units to Iraq, to Afghanistan. Yes, I think I, I believe I, we were supposed to go to Afghanistan, but we were routed to back to Iraq instead.
0: In your time there, because you were deployed four times, what was your job basically? What was your 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 position? What did you do while you were there?
1: Actually, I was. I have an administrative support, um, military occupational specialty, or MOS, we call it. And uh, it's like uh, we did the evaluations, promotions of soldiers. You know, uh, reviewing the records and uh, finance, paying them. And we did the um, human resources stuff. So we actually, uh, not everybody know, but we really did play a big role because without us, how could they get paid? Who would process all the admin stuff for them? I mean, anyone who wanted to see their child for the first time, we had to coordinate all their flights. And um, who is going to get married? And we're Coordinated all the flights, and um, if there was, uh, so if their parents, if there was a problem or health problems in the family, we had coordinated emergency flights. You know, I actually, I'm proud to say, I actually wrote the um, first non-existent emergency leave for soldiers in Iraq in a combat zone, and that's been the guiding um, book, the guiding um, well, policy. For the soldiers who deployed to Iraq.
0: Oh, that's very that's very good. Congratulations. That's 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 pretty cool. But I got to ask you because you were in human resources, and you were dealing with soldiers coming and going, you would have been uh, aware of and in touch with all the casualties that were that were coming through there. That must have been a horrific experience for you.
1: Yes. Oh, Kevin, that's what actually my job. While well, I was separated from my unit the first time, I reported, uh, I was the casualty officer reporting who, uh, the private who uh, landed in a minefield, okay, Lieutenant Colonel and his soldiers who died due to, uh, they were ambushed. The soldiers who died because they ran over IEDs. Oh, there's non-combatant, non-combatant deaths. I was the casualty as an officer. And uh, I guess uh, I was very fortunate to have a strong faith. Um, God, and, uh, you know, I, I'm fine. I might have PTSD, but I'm fine right now, keeping myself busy. And uh, I work for the Veterans Affairs right now, but I don't want to mention my job with him that's because
0: perfect. of uh <laughs> perfectly okay because that's uh, not what we're here to talk about right now we're here to talk about the book silent freedom which yes, is a book that i was wrote.
1: very brave at time for some reason i was like what do you call it? Uh, cool. who, who they call it right and um i don't know i was very brave kevin i i can go anywhere i actually volunteered to other combat zones during my time in the military
0: Just out of curiosity, what is it like, I I, and if you haven't served in the military and you haven't been to Iraq, I want to paint a picture for you as I understand it, and that is that whenever you get into your car, you get into your truck, and you're not in a secure area, like Baghdad, there was a secure area, but everywhere else was not secure, and you could be shot at, you could have an IED that somebody had dug a hole and by the side of the road, and when you pass by, they blow you up. Um, that could have happened to you at any given moment. What is that like? I mean, that's got to add a lot to your commute, uh, going from your tent to to the uh, facility. And what what is that like? Um, is it? Are are you in? You must be extraordinarily brave to not be in fear all the time.
1: Oh, Kevin, it's really. Um... <laughs> It's scary. It's scary. Um, We were fortunate that we live inside a base and uh, inside the wire, we call it. And uh, when we were in Mosul uh, during the early days of deployment, we were able to commute to the, what do you call it? uh, We were in the rear, uh, the headquarters in the front where the general lived. And we had what we call a short r and We dip into the pool, swimming pool there, you know, in the weekends, and then come back without running through IEDs. And then it became popular. And then we just heard people, you know, getting killed running over IEDs. These, uh, the enemy finally, um, you know, designed something that can kill the Americans because each one had a bounty.
0: Oh really. We
1: yes, like 20 at that time, $25,000 and it goes up it depended on the rank. So if they kill the general, probably like $100,000 oh, know? and it's gracious. not yeah, it's not worth it for us, right? But it it's a lot of money for them. Well, yeah, but yeah. Um, So going out going outside the wire um after the IED became popular, uh, we left it alone to our foot soldiers because they were equipped. Uh, they were gradually equipped with uh, Rumbler, we call it, electronic uh, jammers. Were and that, but that was invented later on. It was used in Iraq and it was also used in Afghanistan. The Rumbler they call it, or the electronic jammer will. Uh, Jam the IED before it explodes. You know, before explodes. That's pretty cool. But but they didn't have that during our time, and so we got lots of soldiers got killed, got killed by. Well, and the
0: other thing that that I understand was that the in the vehicles that they were traveling in, in the early days, they were not outfitted to protect uh, from an IED from an explosion from underneath, like the later ones, the bigger ones. That they brought in were, mm-hmm. uh, so there were lots of guys. It was, from what I've been told, it was almost like a driving death trap. If you got if you got hit with an IED, it was going to be a big problem for you. Um, the, the survival the survival rate wasn't that good, and and the the wounding rate
1: was horrific. Right. Um. Yep. Yeah. Um, Most of. Uh, excuse me. Most of the soldiers uh, I know, like, you know, it's, it's fatal. You know, they died of out of the IED blast. However, I can tell you that my one of my sons was there uh, in my, on my third deployment. He was in Baghdad. He ran over an IED. He was an engineer, a combat engineer. I didn't know what he was doing at first, right? And uh, he ran. He Patrick, he was a captain, and he told me one time he ran over, they ran over an IED, he said, what, my God, you know, uh, oh, I was surprised, and I, it was terrible, and he said, you're right, Kevin, um, later on, then we have, we harden our vehicles, they call it, it's called MRAP, M-R-A-P, and uh, I forgot what it stands for, but it's like uh, it's a hardened vehicle. Where um, my son described it as it was raised a little higher. So when they ran an IED, it just gave them flat tire. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: so so did you just say that you one of your children was deployed to Iraq as well yes, when you were there?
1: Yes, Patrick.
0: Oh, that must have been a horrible experience for you, worrying about him.
1: Uh, yeah, I wasn't worried at all at first because it was very brave. And then when I found out what he was doing, and my anxiety spiked. Uh,
0: well, yeah, he was in-
1: like, "Oh my god!" Every time they go out, you could— I mean, it, anything can happen at war.
0: Well, and and the difference was, and this is how brave you are. The difference was while we get the we get the news on TV. And we can sort of over here. We can sort of kind of imagine what it's like over there. You were there, and so you knew how bad it was, and and how difficult it was, and how many guys were not only killed but maimed and permanently uh, injured mentally and physically.
1: Yes, it was.
0: So that would be really, 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 really hard uh if you if you were there because you understood everything you are you are an extraordinarily brave woman, you know that
1: I thank you, Kevin. uh praise God for this. <laughs> I called it silent freedom <laughs> that in, lived inside me
0: in, in indeed indeed, because you are just to go through what you went through, and you went there four times, so you were there essentially you were right, you almost could declare citizenship of Iraq because you were there so much.
1: <laughs> but I then, would I would never become
0: <laughs> Now are there are there any stories? Now I don't wanna I want people to buy the book. So I don't want us to tell everything about what's in the book, but it's about your experiences there and and uh it's it's uh quite a fascinating read from what I understand. I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but um it's it's a wonderful book. And you can by the way, you can pick it up. At Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the all the major booksellers, uh, and you can also go to www.silentfreedom101st.com, and you can pick up the book there. You can find out more about about this terrific young lady. Um, and uh, um, although although I I I said you you look you look young, but but you you if you joined at thirty in two thousand, so you're you're closer to mm, it must be yeah <laughs> okay,
1: let us not talk about that <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll let that go but you you, you... We'll let that go <laughs> exactly but but uh, and by the way um, how is Patrick today
1: Patrick got out as a captain and uh he's now he has a job at the State Department he's in Texas and he's loving Texas He said, Texas love their veterans there. So he decided to settle there. He loved it. it. And he actually, they were both, I have three, right? Junior is a certified public accountant. He lives in in my land in Michigan. And um, Patrick, uh, you know, they were born in Washington.
0: They were born at uh, Fort Lewis.
1: They were born, yes. They were born there and um and then christopher my youngest one um here in virginia he lives in virginia with me
0: oh very cool that that You were
1: asking about my um uh, experience one thing i was in uh, my second deployment oh kevin i had the opportunity to fire that uh, machine gun from the air you know from that apache helicopter the apache? it oh, was wow. exciting it was so exciting i thought like, oh my gosh i slept very, i slept very well that night when we got back so it's like above above babylon um uh, at that time it was uh, the epic of my life
0: oh yeah. wow well wow. i like i say you are very, very brave person and you and you put yourself out there and the book came out in september of this last year of this year of uh, 21 and so it is it is brand new the book's doing well yes
1: yes it is and it's all in major book retailers and also on lulu.com lulu.com they were the one who printed my book
0: oh very nice very nice now you you said that I can't remember if it was before or during but you had the book for a while. You wrote it all down, you had the book and you were talking with somebody you said, "You know, you really should publish this." And that's and they that they encouraged you to publish this, right?
1: Yes, that's correct, Kevin. Um thanks for that. Actually, yeah, I had I had the story since we came back. I titled it with different titles like saving, you know, just like the Saving Private Ryan, right? Saving right. Iraq, I came up with that title. Uh, I came up with a title like uh, uh, Convoy to Freedom because we were happy when we hit the first free country, which was Kuwait. And then I finally said, oh, I held them to my faith while I was at war. So I finally named it Silent Freedom.
0: That is a great oh. name, by the way. That is that is that That's a really cool name
1: thank you right. and that title is silent freedom a memoir of service with the 101st airborne division air assault in iraq
0: that's a longer title but uh I, but it, it's it's very self-descriptive and like i like i said um the 101st airborne is uh a storied unit in the in the u.s army and as a, as a major, major contributor, they're always, the Screaming Eagles were always the first in line to, uh, to be deployed anywhere. Uh, in, and that was World War II. They were in both theaters in Japan and in, uh, um, and in Europe. And, they, they, and many, 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 many uh, men died because they were always on the front lines and uh paratroopers and and all that so they were they were really cool so that was the unit if you're going to be in one that's the one you want to be in right
1: i love it yes yes uh, that will be my unit and i will go back in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> with 101st airborne division
0: well could you could you have stayed in when you decided to get out could you have stayed in if you wanted to
1: yes i could have stated but we have this what we call a soldier for life so i'm still a soldier basically kevin
0: (laughs) what are you doing now
1: i'm writing novels and i'm working (laughs) with the federal government i have told you where i work um helping supporting all yes supporting all the veteran programs and uh, i'm i'm happy i like i'm happy with what i'm doing I, i love what i do
0: that that's awesome. So now you've got Silent Freedom out there. Uh, have you got another book in you? Are you working on one now?
1: Yes, um, yes. Looking forward to it, maybe early next year.
0: And would, do you have any? Uh, what's it about,
1: <laughs> Kevin? You would love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably you so. Would,
1: you would love it. It's uh, I made it not. Uh, I made it fiction, but it's kind of like a sequel to Silent Freedom, but. Uh, this is really an awesome story, Kevin. I'm telling you, I guarantee you, it is a great story, and, and it could happen, but well, it won't happen.
0: Well, well, we won't, we won't ask you for more details. We'll have to wait for the book to come out. Will you come out when the uh, when the next book comes out, and and uh, let me talk to you again?
1: Please, yes, it will be a great honor, Kevin.
0: There would be a lot of fun if you for you to come back and, and talk about that again, because you are you are a uh, an amazing woman. I can you know, you enlisted at 31. It was before 2001. Um, you you ended up going to Iraq, spent four tours in Iraq. And uh, um, how much time did you spend in Baghdad? Did you spend much time in Baghdad at all?
1: Two years in Baghdad.
0: And was that in the uh, in the green zone?
1: We were uh, well. The green zone is where the embassy was. We were right. actually in the yellow zone. You can call it. We, I was in the zoo. We call it. The zoo is where Saddam Hussein and his uh, sons uh, fed people. They disliked the animals. And
0: uh, oh, they yes. really did that. That's that's, that's, that's not.
1: <laughs> and during during OIF, the Operation Iraqi Freedom, we heard that that's the place where. The CIA, that's the place where the secret agents, the FBI, uh, lived, actually. So I'm very proud of where we stayed in Baghdad during uh, the 3rd and 4th tours.
0: I got to tell you, that would have been some, it's something to, to beware. Because you saw so much history uh, because of Saddam. And, and of course, then ultimately they captured him and, and then they... Uh, tried him and hung him uh and the uh, problem
1: 101st caught him with this- oh, yes. it was a joint effort but 101st caught him with the third and one uh third and 187th infantry we call them the rockersons it was a joint effort but uh um, the 101st caught him
0: and he they, they he was he was the the end of a great dictator he had the ability to uh, cause people to live or die he he made you know he had lots and lots of money he ended up being found in a hole in in a in a in a, in a next to a building that he was hiding in
1: with in. no resistance
0: no he, he no and you know he, no so he was not nearly the brave man that he thought he was and uh, and quite frankly the world is better off without him
1: yeah, they thought at first, our soldiers thought that they caught his cook. <laughs> because he didn't look like uh, we were expecting him to look like, right? No. And he was bearded, an old man, bedraggled, you know, and he was kind of like ready to give up. So when they found his old, they were about to do a fire in the hole, meant to say throw a grenade in the hole. And then he raised his hand with his rifle say. And then said, "I am Saddam Hussein. I am <laughs> the president of Iraq." And uh, so that I love our soldiers. And the soldiers said, "Well, President Bush saying best regards." So, <laughs> that was uh, I love. I love our soldiers. It's all in my book.
0: Oh, very all nice. Well, you've got to get the book. Um, it's silent freedom go to and look at her website it's really a lot of fun go to silentfreedom101st.com uh it's 101 uh, firstcom uh, .com and uh, and she's got all kinds of stuff there for you to look at and and stuff and congratulations I, this is this is very well deserved i want to ask you before we go um, i want you to talk to your fellow soldiers who have come back uh, after after Iraq, because you know a lot of a lot of guys were wounded, a lot of guys were emotionally scarred, a lot of guys were killed. Uh, what message would you have to say to your fellow soldiers for all those people, those brave souls, and, and God love them all.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Uh, that uh, hold on to your faith. Sometimes it's so it's hard but hold on to your faith and hope and the future will be better. With faith and hope, we'll have a better future.
0: And if you feel, if you're watching this now or in the future, and you were in the military, and not just Iraq, not just Afghanistan, but if you were in the military and you had some horrific things happen and you feel like you need to see somebody, you need some help don't fight it go go get the help that you need so that you can live your life um the best you can um because it's what some of these most of these folks have gone through is pretty horrific um so i want to thank you again for your service and and for being and for being on a guest on my show i really appreciate you
1: thank you so much kevin it's a great honor to be here and let me talk about my experience, my book. Um, thank you for helping me vent <laughs> so the pains, my pains, and uh, for the young men and women out there. Thank you for your service. I, you, for you are my heroes forever.
0: It was a tough time, and I'm, I'm, I'm for one. I'm glad that's over, and and I hope that never happens again. But, um, Aria. Franklin has been our guest today, and she is the author of Silent Freedom. Go pick it up. It's at Amazon. It's at all the major booksellers. If you can't find it at Barnes & Noble, order it. They'll get it for you because it's really, Amazon.com, really
1: Barnes & Noble, slulu.com, uh, all the major book retailers. And just type Aurea Franklin, A-U-R-E-A, Franklin, like in Benjamin Franklin, and the words Silent Freedom. And
0: on the internet, and you will find me. All you have to do is Aria Franklin, and I found you. Um, so, but but or you could just type in "Silent Freedom," yes, sir. Uh, and that, and you will find her as well. And uh, read read all about her and her exploits. She's got another book coming that may be coming in the spring of twenty two, maybe.
1: God! <laughs> yes.
0: Well, when when it comes out, I want you back on the show. Okay.
1: Yes, Kevin, thank you so much.
0: Anything else you'd like to say before we go?
1: Oh, guys, hang in there. It's not too bad. It might be bad. You think uh, things are bad, but uh, just hold on to your faith and hope, and everything will be better.
0: And if you you need help, get the help you need. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show, and uh, I look forward to the next time we meet. Okay, so if you'll stay right there, I'll be right back.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's always all we got. See you next time on My Independence Report.